0: Anything you're about to hear on this episode should not be considered as trading advice. These are our opinions and the opinions of our contributors only. As always, do your own research, chart your own technicals, place your stops and always trade responsibly. Welcome to the very first episode of Crypto Conversations uh, with me, Simon Dell, and with my ho- co-host, Harvey Jones. Welcome, Harvey. How you going? Now, I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
1: Yeah, not bad. Thanks.
0: Good. Um, now, the purpose of this podcast is we are going to analyze a particular cryptocurrency every episode. And given that there's about 2,000 of them at the moment and they're growing at a a ridiculous rate, uh, that means if we did one every day, we need to record a podcast every day for the next four years, give or take. No, longer than that. Uh, It's a long time anyway.
1: (laughs) I'm usually free most afternoons, but...
0: We might have to start doing two or three a day, um, <laughs> but uh, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to try we're going to try and obviously focus focus on the ones that are interesting. Uh, we might look at some ICOs as well. Um, we're probably not going to talk about Bitcoin. I don't think anyone else needs to uh, do. No, kind of I think most people Bitcoin. are yeah.
1: going to be listening to this. Probably will know about that anyway.
0: Yeah, and um, and just for everyone's benefit, listening to this, uh, we are both originally from the UK, but we. Both now reside in Brisbane, Australia, uh, and we're going to try and talk about everything in US dollars as well, just to confuse it. Two English people in Australia talking about things in US dollars. What can go? What could possibly go wrong there, Harvey? Uh, probably a couple of things,
1: but we'll give it. We'll give it a crack. We'll so, what are we going to talk about for the first episode? Okay, so today I figured we should have a look at a coin called New Economy Movement or Nem. But the ticker on it's X E M for some reason I haven't quite figured that one out.
0: Maybe there was another one called NEM before they started that Possibly. died. Mm. Possibly. Anyway.
1: anyway.
0: Um, so tell us a little tell us a little bit about it. And and just for everyone's benefit here, I'm the I'm the novice in this space and yeah harvey uh we're pretending is a bit more of an expert so
1: but pretend pretending Har- being the operative word
0: well yeah harvey's done at least more work on this than i have but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um so tell us a little bit about the basics of the of the coin itself
1: okay so essentially it's been called the japanese ethereum um not a big fan of that to be honest because they sort of with crypto, it's obviously all over the globe, so it shouldn't really matter where it's actually from. Um, but I guess what they're getting at is it's similar in terms of what it does. So essentially, it's a platform um, that people can build d- dApps on or decentralised apps. Um, and Basically, it uses a function similar to Ethereum, which is Ethereum uses smart contracts. Um, this one uses something called smart assets, which are a bit similar to smart contracts, but they're a bit more customizable. So you can basically build anything you want. So kind of it can be used for monetary transactions. It can do other things in the financial space. It can record medical records, basically anything you could want to put on, I guess, the blockchain can let you do that. Um, A lot of the coins that are at the moment use something called proof of stake. Um, which essentially you keep your coins in a wallet, you stake them, and that's how they basically calculate and how they generate um, different blocks to store the transactions on. This one's a little bit different. It uses something called Proof of Importance, which is very similar. Um, but the way Proof of stake works, it basically works off your account balance. So if you have a certain amount of coins you can host, might be like a master node or something like that. Um, you store your coins there and you then basically earn rewards from being on the network, being active and generating transactions Um, and then they get put into the blockchain. What this one does, it does do that, but it also, um, the proof of importance, it looks at other factors as well, not just the balance that you've got in your account, so how active you are, how many transactions you're doing, and basically just what you're contributing. Um, And then they base it off that. They also do random block rewards, so some coins have a set reward for every block. Uh, This one's random, so I guess it's a bit of a lucky dip what you actually end up getting. Um, the main benefit of kind of proof of stake and proof of importance is it uses about 100 times less power than proof of work, which is what Bitcoin uses. Um, essentially- so it's not,
0: it's not going to chew up every last drop of electricity in the world if it becomes.
1: As, no, as I mean, obviously. Yeah. As big
0: as Bitcoin, sorry.
1: Yeah. So it is, it's basically, the way I see it, it'll probably be most coins are going to be successful. They're going to have to use something different from proof of work because I think. So I heard the other day that one Bitcoin uses 250 kilowatts of power, yeah. um, which is quite a lot um, to do yeah. that. Um, yeah. I guess one thing that sets this one out a little bit, so there's a fair few coins around. You look at Verge, you look at the other ones that are really privacy focused. This one actually does the opposite. So it's designed to be as transparent as possible um and it is aimed at being used in financial institutions um so essentially there is no privacy function so it doesn't let you mask your transactions doesn't let you kind of put anonymity on what you're doing obviously it's anonymous in the fact that it's just from one address to another um but it doesn't go any further than that um which is a little bit different a lot of kind of people are trying to focus on making it untraceable and that you can't sort of I guess, figure out where it's coming from or what it's doing. They've sort of taken a bit of a different approach. Um, the one thing they have got, though, which is slightly different, they do have a totally separate, it's not part of NEM, but the same company do it. It's um, They've got a private network. It's called Myjin, which is very Japanese. But um, basically, it's currently being tested by about 140 different banks in Japan, and they're actually actively using it, um, which I guess in my mind bodes well for the coin as a whole um because obviously when you when
0: you say when you say testing it what what how far along how far along the road do you think they are i mean obviously you don't work at any of these banks but (laughs) Um,
1: just be interested Do
0: you think is what you know where it starts to move from being tested to sort of actually being openly used in these kind of commercial institutions yeah
1: i mean my my understanding of it is essentially they're still testing it in kind of like a beta phase but I right. guess that's at least that sort of they've actually got a working product that people are using um where you look at some of the other coins that we'll probably cover later on in the series and they're um, brilliant ideas at this stage, but don't necessarily have too much kind of actually physic like they haven't launched main nets or anything like that, but this yeah. one has got a bit of a track record um and obviously they'll have all those relationships with those Japanese banks as well. so if they do decide to sort of do something with with nem as a token, um they've obviously got good relationships there as well. so.
0: If if obviously a lot of people were going to start comparing it to something like Ripple because obviously that's one of the things you know Ripple's plays in is is thought sort of that bank to bank transfer is that is that a fair comparison or you know is that sort of are, are they different in a way?
1: Um, I mean Ripple's predominantly supposed to be just for transactions. Um, this actually has more functions on it, so you can actually, right. okay. as I said, you can use it for other things. Yep. It also, this one actually does um, It does one-minute blocks, but it, it they've tested it. They haven't actually, not, it's not physically doing this amount in the moment, but they've tested it, and it can do 3,000 transactions a second, right. um, okay. which is right. actually twice as fast as Ripple, because um, okay. Ripple is about 1,500. Um, which is interesting, although they haven't actually physically put that in because they're not at the stage where they'd need to do 3,000 transactions a second. Yeah. Um, but they've got the facility there in theory if they needed to. So it's solves one of the big problems that Bitcoin or Ethereum has where they can only do kind of 7 or 14 transactions a second, um, which obviously compared to what Visa and MasterCard do, um, yeah. kind of really is a massive barrier to entry in terms of getting mass adoption and being used. So Yeah
0: yeah just uh, just one question on 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 that so it's theoretically it could actually usurp ripple it's probably it's probably a bit of a threat to ripple
1: than, than um potentially i mean ripples obviously i guess they are a little bit different as ripples i mean to be honest i should probably go on the record and say i'm not a big fan of ripple right before um, i sort That's of do any sort of comparison but um yeah. i guess just from a kind of yeah fundamental point of view um the sort of I guess the whole point of it's supposed to being decentralized and that sort of thing. But obviously, it's predominantly owned by a bunch of bankers. And um, But then again, at the same time, you could argue they're arguably trying to get a fair bit of Ethereum and Bitcoin at the moment anyway. But in terms of a direct competitor, obviously, there's similarities in terms of they both do a lot of transactions per second um, and that sort of thing. But I guess um, I'd have to probably look at them both on kind of side to side and I guess, compared them I was going to look at what the exact differences are, yeah. but yeah, potentially it could be. Um, but obviously that bodes well as well. Cause you look at ripple, it's got, um, a market cap. It's currently third or is it fourth? Let me just check.
0: Uh, changes, changes so yeah, quickly that it's, it's a bit hard third.
1: To so, um, yeah. the main difference with this one is, so ripple's got this, a total supply ripple can have is like, 100 billion, it's, I think it's an infinite amount of ripple they can create, pretty much. Right. Yeah. Um, NEM actually only has nine 9 billion um, is the well, maximum supply.
0: I was going to say, I was reading that, wasn't it something like eight billion nine hundred ninety nine thousand. Yeah, something, it, it's, it's 9 billion, yeah. billion
1: minus 1. Yeah, it's like eight billion nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. So
0: it's like it's like they they created 9 and then 9 billion and someone lost one somewhere and you know and now they just they got one less. So I wonder yeah. why I I'd, I'd, I'd love to know why they got and created a number like that, but
1: yeah, I'm not too sure. I mean, and you look at this, they've actually one thing they have got which Ripple doesn't have is their circulating supply is the same as their total supply is my understanding so all the coins yes. that are ever going to be out there are already out there they're already out there. whereas with ripple they're they've got a lot more there i think they can put a maximum of like a bill in a month or something um into the system of their coins but yeah it's a bit different in that sense that it's actually kind of fully available already
0: so w- with that in mind what let's talk about let's talk about the price uh it is sitting at um, and bear I was gonna say oh, we ought dollar, to give
1: a dollar for us yeah we ought to give a
0: timestamp stamp on this so we're actually recording this on Sunday the 28th of January uh it is 732 p.m on uh on that day which and we're in Queensland which doesn't have daylight savings so anyone who wants to try and work out whatever time that is in comparison to where they are go for it but uh, as Harvey said it is a dollar and four cents at the moment um, what do you reckon for that for, in terms of a price? Because it's been it's been higher than that, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, like when I bought it. But anyway, that's. <laughs> well, you're just, um, but you basically, sound,
0: you sound unhappy about that, mate. But.
1: Uh, I'm sure I'm confident it'll get back. Um, just going through the regular dips we always have in this wonderful world <laughs> yeah. that is crypto. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, you look at other coins. I think it's definitely got a long way to go up. Um, it's actually there's another guy called Nugget who. Puts out a lot of content, um, free content. He's got a really good YouTube channel. Um, it's one of the ones he's really closely looking at and interested in this year as well. Um, so that normally bodes well. He kind of he called iota when it was at like thirty cents, and then that got up to eight dollars. This is Aussie last few months ago. So he's, he's really switched on noses stuff. Um, I went to a Q and A and I was at the other day and he seems to really have his head screwed on. Um, but yeah, he's, he's quite bullish on this one for this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking just, I guess at the charts, I did a bit of charting on it. Um, I did sort of do this a little while ago and it looked like it was going to break one way or the other it actually ended up breaking downwards. Um, but looking <laughs> at it now, it, went down hit kind of its bottom support has bounced back up pretty it's got some pretty good looking candles on it jumped up a decent amount um Mm -hmm. it has now dipped back down a little bit but it has still broken above trend so it should potentially be heading the other way now um
0: i was gonna say because interestingly the 24 hour volume on it is the highest it's been since that peak um yes it's the highest it's been since, what, I think the 4th, 5th January, something around then. So there's obviously a lot of uh, – yeah, there's a lot of movement on it at the moment.
1: Yeah. I mean, what it's currently doing, it's on the four-hour candles. It's it's trying to fight to stay on the, like, f- 0.5 fib line, um, but it's got two and a half hours left, and it's kind of jumping up and down all over the place at the moment. So if there's a chance it will stay at that support, um, and if it does, I'd imagine it'll push on up from there. If it doesn't, it'll probably bounce off the 618 fib, um, which is actually pretty much exactly on the trend line for it to continue a broken trend and be going the right way again. Um, so if you were going to look to get it in a net, you probably got an entry at around 8,492 sats. That's on a Bitcoin to, to NEM, um, chart obviously, but, um, you potentially could look at that and it, might bounce up. I mean, looking at a few other things, the, um, the Mac D on it, it's pretty good. So the lines aren't looking like they're going to cross over anytime soon, which normally signals a change in trend. Um, there's actually a pretty big gap between them at the moment, which usually bodes well it means it's probably going to go for a bit of a run. Um, and it's kind of, it's just sort of in the middle for buying range. It's not overbought. It's not, um, oversold or anything like that. So, um, probably see a bit of a steady, steady climb up from here. But yeah, obviously, do your own research. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, any form of financial advice. No,
0: we're going to make sure there's a. This is our pilot episode, but we're going to make sure there is a very stringent warning start at the start of these episodes. So I'm, I'll, I'm going to add that in once we, once we edit this down. So, yeah. um, So what are you, what are you, what's your feeling on it long term in terms of? um, And I know we're asking you to stare into a crystal ball. It's probably very cloudy, but what's your feeling on it uh, long term? Where it could where it could get up to?
1: Uh, I mean, even looking at it now, if it was to get up to its previous all time high, you're looking at about a sixty percent increase from where it currently sits. Right, um, which is pretty good, but I would imagine it can go a fair bit more than that. I mean, it's got a similar sort of supply as like a coin like Cardano. So um, with coins, I'm always a bit dubious. Coins that have got billions of coins in circulation, you do sort of wonder um, how high they can realistically go. Um, but you look at Ripple and it jumped up to, what, 3 or $4. Um, and that's got a much bigger supply than these ones have. Um, so who knows, to be honest. But you could be looking at maybe probably somewhere in the region of 5 to 10 US at some point. I don't okay. know whether it be this year. Obviously, it depends on how how much like i guess from an adoption point of view how it goes but um obviously i don't really know but just based on some of the other coins that have got to that sort of space um yeah it potentially could get to yeah maybe 5 to 10
0: and i would imagine that if it moves from its if it moves at any point from its beta testing phase in any of these japanese banks and bear in mind, you said, what, how many banks there were testing this? A hundred and something?
1: hundred and forty. That is their yeah. private network that they've got though. So it's not right, this okay. specific coin. It's It does the same thing. It's just yeah. private because obviously the banks don't want to for- publish everything they're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so it works the same way, but obviously it's not kind of a public blockchain um, where anyone can just chuck in a transaction ID and see what's happening. But,
0: but I, suppose if it, I, I suppose if it moves from beta testing or um, well, that private network moves from beta testing to actually being implemented, that will have a, a knock-on effect to the price of, of,
1: yeah. a, of this. No, I'd, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, it's currently doing all right. I mean, it's sitting at eighth on coin market cap uh, in terms of where it's where it's at, so it's in the top 10. Um, yeah. And if you yeah. look at some people did some studies of buying $1,000 worth of the top 10 at the beginning of the year last year. Um, I can't forget how much it was, but you would have made like 160 grand or something. um off off 10 which is pretty good um so yeah most of the ones in the top 10 i'd imagine have kind of been around and it's been around for a little while i think it's been around since like 2014 or something so it's not like a new one that's just dropped it that had a development team working on it for a while so
0: yeah i think that's important to um, for people to understand it has been um it's got what three years now three years history so it's not like it was created last week and um and enter the market so it's you know it's got and and i remember reading they've got some uh got some fairly big infrastructure in terms of uh creating a startup space in order for people to um to work on the on products based on them if i remember rightly
1: yeah so Uh, i think um most of the most of these ones have got kind of they try and set up a pretty good incubator kind of structure because yeah. obviously they want to get apps on their platform. You look at Ethereum at the moment; I think it's like ninety-six of the top one hundred are based ERC twenty tokens based on Ethereum. Um, so they've obviously got the predominant market share at the moment. But there are some good good coins coming out on other platforms, um, and this is kind of this is probably second gen, I'd say. Um, obviously, you've got Bitcoin, which is first gen. Yeah. Ethereum, which is second. This is probably second. You've got other ones that are third gen now, like Cardano. Um, but this would probably be between the kind of second to third gen, depending on I guess how they develop it further. But
0: yeah, that's I just I just found that the uh, the NEM.io Foundation launched. There's a blockchain center, ten thousand square foot facility in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, which is oh, an yeah. accelerator, incubator, and co working space. So you know they're pretty serious. You know, yeah. this is obviously a serious, um, you know, serious organization. So, any yeah. final other, any
1: final words that you want to add in about it? Uh, anything um, we've missed? I guess the only thing I'd probably touch on: they had a meeting in Tokyo on the twenty sixth of Jan, like a meetup. They've got another one in Amsterdam on the third of Feb, and then there's this is just based on a coin market cal, which is like a calendar of events for for coins, which I always find is pretty useful because. The way the market is, sometimes you'll see pumps when new things are coming out. So they've potentially got a partnership announcement on the 15th of Feb. And then they actually launched Catapult, which is like a bolt-on. So one thing with this blockchain is you, there's side chains that will attach onto it. So the idea is to keep the kind of the main chain, I guess, a bit clutter-free so it can operate as quickly as possible and process as many transactions. Um, so yeah, Catapult, I haven't done too much reading on it, but there's a lot of talk that that's going to be really good and that's supposed to be launched on the 31st of may so right okay
0: so lots of it lots of big announcements coming uh, yeah. a few a few meetups if anyone gets to go to the amsterdam one and they hear this before they go and please let <laughs> us know how it was and we'd love to yeah. hear um all right fantastic harvey thank you very much for your time and we will talk to you in our next episode
1: yep, no worries mate